Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into the Thursday, May 19th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Puenick, Nick Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us on this Thursday here in the Eastern Panhandle as we uh, have a few things to talk about high school sports-wise. Last night, uh, the state tournament schedule came out here for the state softball tournament which will be held next week at the little creek park in south charleston it's the double elimination tournament may 25th and 26th the class triple a games will be played at craft field the home team will be determined by a coin flip for all games except for the championship game uh, game one wednesday 9 30 a.m will feature jefferson the Jefferson Lady Cougars at 27 and 5 on the season taking on John Marshall 21 and 8 on the season uh that game again 9:30 a.m. then St. Albans 24 and 5 versus Lincoln County 23 and 4 will take place 30 minutes after that and then 4:30 p.m. on Wednesday the game 1 loser versus game 2 loser 30 minutes after that will be the game 1 winner versus game 2 winner and then the Game 3 winner versus Game 4 loser will be Thursday at 9.30 a.m. And then Game 6, which is the championship, will be Thursday at 2 p.m. And then if the team that is undefeated going into that loses that game, there'll be a Game 7 if necessary later, later on Thursday afternoon, early evening. Uh, but it should be a good day of softball down there at Little Creek Park in South Charleston. The Jefferson Cougars... Uh, we'll be there, and uh, we're going to try to get the head coach on probably next Tuesday. I'd say next Tuesday. Okay. Just going to have to ask her. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Colin, you were looking at all this stuff. You've been calling softball here for us. Um, are you surprised by any of the teams that made states based upon how they were in regions on Tuesday? I mean, I don't really know much about any of the other teams other than the uh, – eastern panhandle and from what we saw with uh jefferson it seems like they got a pretty good team this year with some offensive firepower and some pretty good pitching so i hope they can uh do well down in uh charleston and get a win there starting off against uh john marshall nick anything well i was pretty impressed by uh, the jefferson team and obviously we only saw them for two games this year but i thought uh, their pitching was good, and I know they have more behind Munslow, I believe. Uh, they, Her name is escaping me now, but uh, they have another pitcher that uh, – where's number seven? What's, do you remember by chance, Colin? Trying to think, and it's yeah. escaping oh, me right now. Hold on. I'll get there. But, she uh, was there and left during the uh, two games, so. Yeah, well, I know they have more pitching behind her – and uh you know their their hitting is good as well lacy lewis shelby harris that, yes shelby yeah, harris was the you. player that uh i was thinking of i looked at her numbers and they they weren't updated but earlier in the year she had under a one era i believe for the team so uh you know she was 
doing some good things on the mound so or in the circle i should say and uh they have lewis as well and they just have you know one through nine it seemed like they had a complete lineup um good enough pitching so we'll see how it goes for jefferson down there obviously you know you get to the states and the records kind of go out the window but record wise they're one of the better teams in the state and and they can uh, have a shot at a state championship so we'll see how it goes for them and we're wishing them the best we are wishing them the best and now we'll move over to some epac baseball uh as we talked about jefferson martinsburg will tangle next week monday tuesday and potentially wednesday for the region two title uh but jefferson unable to do so because they played all allotted 32 games martinsburg did not get to play all allotted 32 games so they have a game tonight against kaiser uh kaiser will play fairmont senior next week and I believe it's double A. Are they double A? Yeah, there are double A in the in one of the double A regionals. Uh, but Martinsburg trying to get some work in before next week. Yeah, yeah uh, I'll let you go first next. Okay, week. thank you. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kaiser double A school, so it's kind of similar to like what we saw with some of their other matchups in the non conference. And this game is essentially a scrimmage. It doesn't mean anything. So. I would think that Martinsburg will kind of take the approach that they took to that Musselman game right before uh, sectionals began and probably use, you know, the majority of their pitchers besides whoever starting game one, or they might throw Caleb Edwards an inning, presuming he's the game one starter, and probably save Boober or whoever else they want to pitch for game two. Uh, but, you know, they'll probably get their guys some work on, on the mound and then, uh, you know, just trying to get a win and, get to see the majority of the guys just get some live at bats that's really what this game is for uh for both teams because kaiser is looking at it the same way it's a chance to play some good competition a chance to uh just keep the rust off of you and put you in a good spot uh jefferson on the other side like you said they can't play a game but they have enough kids that they could play a simulated game uh with their inner squad so and as we co- talked to Coach Lowry Sr. about, he said he likes that better because that means uh, his whole team is getting, you know, live at-bats and live pitching. Yeah, that's a fair point of looking at it. And I'm sure Martinsburg might do something similar as well. They have enough kids if they want to do that again because, you know, it's only Wednesday or it's only Thursday, so they have some time in between the games if they want to try to do something like that maybe on Friday or Saturday. Uh, but – you know, it sets up for a great series. This doesn't, as long as everybody comes out healthy, this won't affect anything for the rest of the season. So uh, just an opportunity to get some uh, good at-bats about against some different competition. And that's the only worry there you have at all about this game is potential injuries. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is it's a risk there if uh, somebody would get hurt, which would obviously be unfortunate. But then again, that could happen at practice too any day or even during just a regular season game that you already had scheduled. So hopefully this does uh, benefit Martinsburg for Martinsburg's sake. And uh, same for Kaiser. Hopefully it helps them out and that it's a uh, good game and that they both do well come regionals. Yeah, definitely. And we'll have those games for you again Monday. is a 6 p.m. start. We'll have a 535 pregame show there at Sager Field. Tuesday, 12 p.m. start due to Martinsburg's graduation later in the evening, uh, and we will get going there. Oh, 11.35 as well. 
Um, and then on Wednesday, potentially, if they need that game, we will uh, have that game for you. It'll be a 5.35 pregame and then a 6 p.m. start at Sager Field. Uh, but that should be a great series. We wanted to talk a little bit more about it. Um, I mean, we've talked about it a lot this week. We think the teams are pretty even. Uh, I could see it going all three games. Jefferson, obviously... Yeah. You know, won the first two games, but both were low scoring. I think two one and three one. So, uh, you know, Martinsburg. I looked yesterday. It's been since I believe twenty thirteen was the last time they beat Jefferson. So it's been a long time uh, for the Bulldogs uh, since they got that win over the Cougars. They've had many close games, but haven't been able to pull one out. So, you know, that adds some intrigue to it in terms of Jefferson's kind of dominated the series as of late, but also these are usually two of the top teams. And obviously they met last year uh, for the regional championship. And I think this year might be one of the closer matchups than what we've seen uh, over the past few years compared to last year. At least I think this is a much closer on paper matchup and should, I think go all three games. I could definitely see Martinsburg at least get one and if not take the whole series. So it's, you know, two good teams, and it, it's a great matchup. I'm looking forward to it on Monday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it could, uh, as Nick said, go either way. Yeah, Jefferson has had uh, Martinsburg's number for the past couple years, but we've seen, even though Jefferson is the number one team in the state, they seem to always find the way to win that they are beatable. We saw Washington beat them one time. We have the game where Spring Mills made it and almost beat them it was a one nothing final score they've had to battle and come back in other games as well throughout the uh season but it'll be interesting to see how martinsburg does they'll just have to make sure that they really limit their errors and can capitalize on the opportunities that are two big things that uh if martinsburg does and brings their a game i think as Nick said, they could take one and maybe even the entire series, but it's going to be really tough because Jefferson really works on the fundamentals, and they're one of the best, if not the best in the state for that as well, let alone record-wise, so it's a tough task for the Bulldogs. Definitely will be a tough task for the Bulldogs, and uh, we'll say this right now, it's obvious 12 p.m. game on Tuesday. That means no sports mix on Tuesday, Uh, but Wednesday we'll obviously have a show uh, whether we're wrapping up the series or we're previewing Game 3, we'll have that for you next Wednesday at 12 p.m. So no game, no show on Tuesday, either at 12 or at 5. Uh, but uh, that should be a good series. We're excited to uh, be able to broadcast it for you, bring it to you. It takes a little bit to bring it to everybody, but thank you to our sponsors for allowing us the ability to broadcast those regional games because the SSAC does require payment for those. So I thank our Uh, gracious sponsors for all the help all season long and uh, all three sports that we cover Uh, but before we hit the break um, Bob Huggins officially announced the re-signing I guess is that what you'd call return return yeah and the signing of Emmett Matthews Jr. and he gets a grant in aid I don't exactly know what that means that's the specific term from the WVU sports website uh, for uh, the 2022-2023 academic year Um, I don't exactly understand what grant and aid means but I'm going to look it up I just read it grant and aid is an amount of money given to a local government an institution or a particular scholar Uh, 
Oh, so it's like a it's an it's an academic scholarship. Okay. For athletics, essentially, but not athletic scholarship. Uh, but the return of Matthews, uh, it's obviously going to help bolster WVU. Who had Colin didn't have a great season last year, um, and they had a lot of guys leave. Yeah, so hopefully uh, the return of Matthews from uh, Washington, where he transferred to last year after it seemed like he was uh, not happy with something there at WVU, but he's back, so I guess something changed his, his mind or his heart that – he wanted to come back to WVU, and I hope he contributes well because WVU, basketball-wise, with Huggins, you expect high or you have high expectations for the team every single year. And last year was a huge disappointment, and it's in some people's mind put Huggins in a hot seat. So he needs guys to contribute, and I think Matthews could be the uh, puzzle piece that he needs. Anything, Nick? I'm not really familiar with Matthews as a player, so I don't really have I was just to add. I was just wondering because you did you did write it on the uh, the sheet for today. Uh, but while we're talking about WVU, um, I don't can't really show it, but they have. Did you see what they unveiled, Colin? No, other than uh, what for? I guess. Uh, a specific game you were talking about earlier. Oh, I saw the little promo video about 105 days away from the Backyard Brawl. Did you see the new logo? Not. I didn't see that it was I don't new. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it says official logo unveiled on the website. Man. So uh, September 1st at Heinz Field will be the 105th edition of one of the most one of the uh, one of college football's most storied rivalries. Uh, speaking of football. Uh, two transfers enroll at WVU for football. Georgia Tech transfer Mike Lockhart and Hutchinson Community College transfer Cortez Branham have enrolled at WVU and will participate in summer workouts with WVU strength and conditioning coach Mike Joseph. Lockhart, a 6'4", 300-pound defensive lineman, has three years of eligibility remaining. He played four games as a freshman with the first game action coming against Pitt and he recorded his first tackle against uh, an old WV rival in Virginia Tech. Uh, Branham has played two years at uh, Hutchinson Community College. He recorded 51 catches for 1,152 yards and 15 touchdowns while averaging 22.6 yards per catch, and he also has three years of eligibility remaining. Uh, both are expected to contribute this year. Good. That's all you're going to say? I don't know anything about them, but if they're going to contribute, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like they keep bolstering. They didn't say the there, Colin, point. that it will be a positive contribution. That's true. <laughs> They're just going to contribute. So, <laughs> you saying Fair good, point. it could be a negative contribution. Well, then, uh, Might have you retract lose. my comment and say, we'll wait and see. There we go. That's, that's a better way of putting it. All right, well, that'll do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, uh, we'll talk some NBA playoffs. The Mavs didn't really show up last night. And then uh, Celtics need a game two tonight. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we come back after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. These days of darkness Wish we'd known Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. 
we will beat any and all competitors' prices. And we've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu. Call us at 304-350-0646 and learn more today. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun. It comes from knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off ID1 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with a variety of courses taught by NRA certified instructors. Sign up for the Intro to Long Range Rifle course, which will be held on June the 4th and June the 5th. No prerequisite courses are required to take this class. You can also register for the Saturday, June 11 Basic Fundamentals of Shooting a Handgun course. This class qualifies the student for a West Virginia Concealed Carry Permit. To register and find out more, visit valleyguns2.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this Thursday, May 19th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Puenick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. And uh, we'll talk some NBA hoops last night, game one of the West Finals. And uh was not a good night for the Mavericks. Uh, they maybe uh, they never got off the bus there at uh, well, they the took Warriors a bus Arena. all the way from Dallas to San Francisco. No, get off the bus as in like got off the plane, I guess. How about that? Yeah. They never got off I mean, the plane. You they probably did take some hotel sort of bus yes. to the yeah. arena. So, fair enough, fair enough. Well, it's a slow start. They uh, only scored 18 points in the first, giving up 28 points, and then that kind of dictated the way the rest of the game went. Uh, 34 points in the third quarter there for the Warriors. A 112-87 victory for the Warriors. Steph Curry with 21 points and 12 rebounds for a double-double. Um, Luka just really wasn't there. He was kept in check, only 20 points for him. Uh, and We know if they're going to win, he needs to go off for 30-plus. I mean, 20 points, he was still the leading scorer for the Mavs, so it goes back to the issue that we talked about at the beginning of the playoffs, and that was that Luka doesn't really have anybody around him to help contribute. I mean, Dinwiddie had 17, so that's close. But, yeah, as you said, you, you need more from not only Luka but everybody else if you want to win. And Yeah, it, I mean, you need it, to have – you need all your starters, maybe four of your five starters need to be in double figures. And that's what Golden State had. They had all five yeah. and then two off the bench. And, uh, yeah, not looking good there. And it kind of – remember we – I feel like 
the last series started like this, and we talked about it. It started like a, with a dud for the Mavericks, and then we talked about how they don't have any secondary scoring. Well, I think last night, too, that Luka didn't play his best game. I mean, 20 points on 18 shots, 3 of 10 shooting from 3. So you got to give credit to the Warriors defensively. They really took him away, made it difficult for him. And, uh, you know, we talked about Spencer Dinwiddie com- coming on and providing 17 points. You know, he's got that dollar clause in his contract <laughs> for the NBA Finals. If they win the championship, he gets one dollar, gets, gets an extra dollar. So, you know, he wants that dollar Is bad. that a dollar per, per bucket? No, it's just a dollar per championship. That's, one dollar, one championship. And... You know, he wants it bad. He's I didn't even get a dollar when, when Mike... Never mind. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway, back to the important things. The dollar for the championship for Spencer Dinwiddie. So 17 points for him. Uh, but, you know, Luca really didn't have that great of a game. And they kind of go on how he goes. And if he's not having a good scoring game, then that doesn't really open up things for others. So overall, I think they got decent production from the role players in terms of points scored, but not efficiency. And as a team, you shot 36%. So you're not going to win any game if you only shoot 36%, uh, 22% from three. So let's say if he wins, do you frame that dollar? You buy something with it? I think you frame it. you got to frame it. It's your championship dollar. Dollar. Do they write you a check for the dollar, though? They probably know. they probably just added into uh, something. Or do you think like they just throw him a dollar? It's probably included like in any other bonuses. He I don't know, but if you think about it, the dollar's got to be taxed, so it's not even a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't sign yeah. the contract or negotiate it for uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't know. Maybe it's an under the table dollar. I mean, I don't then think we that's allowed. Know about it. Yeah. Oh, Nick, I, that Look, would not be allowed to happen. I don't know. I didn't ne- negotiate the contract. Celtics Heat tonight. All right. No, we'll, game two for this series two. will be tomorrow, uh, 9 p.m. on TNT. The Warriors are favored by six and a half on the early line, which they were favored by five going in this one. So I think the early line is good after that, you know, the lopsided victory for them last night. Uh, but tonight's game, as Nick mentioned, 8.30 p.m. ESPN Celtics at heat for game two with Miami leading the series 1-0. Uh, Miami favored in this ball game by three and a half. Colin? I'll feel more confident if uh, I can get word that Horford and Smart are going to be in. Well. They're day-to-day right now is well, the last I've seen. According to an article published by ESPN, Marcus Smart is probable with a midfoot sprain, and Al Horford is doubtful. So that's get half. Ultimately, back. what I expected when Horford went into uh, health and safety protocols there before game one, and Smart spend day to day, so he'll contribute. And it was a close one up until that third quarter. So I think Boston can still get a win tonight and get everybody back in a. High hopes for when the series goes back to Boston. It'll be a little interesting if they do slip up, but it should be a hard-fought game. I hope that uh, Jalen Brown, he said that he needs to do better, so we'll have to keep an eye on how he actually does tonight and what Tatum can do as well. If they can combine for 70-plus points, I think Boston easily wins. Yeah, and the Heat have uh, a few injuries as well. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is still dealing with the hamstring 
the backup, Gabe Vincent, is also uh, questionable for tonight. And Max Strauss, uh, who's also been starting for them, he is uh, dealing with a hamstring injury. So, you know, they have a few issues there. And something interesting that I just read, Gabe Vincent, when he starts, the Heat are 7-0 and in this playoff. So uh, they're going to need him to go, obviously, because he's been a pretty good contributor, really out of nowhere for this Miami team. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think Marcus Smart definitely is a guy you need in this lineup. If they can, again, maybe throw him on Butler from time to time just to give him a different look. We talked about it yesterday. He doesn't necessarily match up height-wise. Great with Jimmy Butler, but you know, he's a good defender. He, he'll uh, give them some issues at times and can really just help their defense overall, whether that be on Butler or Hero or any of their other guards that they have in that Miami lineup. And as we know, game one, the Celtics were in control, and yeah. then the third quarter happened. Yeah. So if you can avoid that one bad quarter tonight, I think Boston will even up this series. I said before it was going to go seven games, so I expect the back and forth series. But again, I'm just looking forward to a great game tonight. I think that's what we're going to see between these two teams and maybe a little bit more of kind of a Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler going back and forth. Uh, in the fourth quarter and whoever plays better down the stretch will get that win and i'm looking forward to it looking forward to it yes and uh before we hit the break the nba has announced the uh 2021 2022 kia nba all rookie teams uh they start with the first team scotty barnes from toronto Cade cunningham from detroit jalen green from houston evan mobley from cleveland franz wagner from orlando I feel like at the beginning of the season, Nick, you said Cade Cunningham was going to be the rookie of the year. I did. He was the number one pick. Yeah. And it's Franz Wagner. He's Wagner. Yeah, come on. Franz Wagner. Okay. Sorry, my yeah. fault. Put some respect on the Michigan man. Yeah. All right. Brother well, Mo played for the Wiz. Cade Cunningham. Mo Wagner. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Cade Cunningham still has a chance to be rookie of the year, as I would suggest one of those five players will be rookie of the year. Uh, the second I think team. They already announced it, didn't they? No. Is it Scotty Barnes? No. I could be wrong. I think Barnes is going to win it, though. I don't know. Is he changing the pick? Changing the pick. Uh, second team is, oh, I, I don't even, who's this guy from Chicago? A.O.? I'm not sure. Dun Dusanamu? A.O. Dusanamu? Chris Durante from Indiana? Josh Giddy? What? Durant. Durant. He's silent. From Indiana. Josh Giddy? Giddy. Giddy. Giddy from Oklahoma City, Bones Highland from Denver, and Herbert Jones from New Orleans. So, All right. your guy's not on there, Corey Kispert. Well, that's a little bit surprising, but I don't know all the numbers on those other players. So I wouldn't be able to tell you yeah. for certain if he deserved to be on or not, but I thought he might make second team. I thought he would make second team, too. He did a lot, and I think he can do a lot coming going forward next year. I think he's going to be a pivotal piece for the Wizards, too. Yeah, Barnes already won rookie of the year. Oh, I didn't know they announced it yet. I did not see that. Okay, I see it now. I don't know when they announced it. Uh, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just some appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living is family-owned and operated and located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more on the other side of this break. Uh, we'll talk some, uh, and I don't know. We'll talk about the Ravens and the Orioles is what, call, what Nick has on this sheet. Uh, maybe we'll talk about some other things as well. 
Um, but we'll talk about that when we come back after this two minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. What do you get when the longest, hardest, widest runway in the state of West Virginia is asked to host the 250th birthday of Berkeley County? A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness an afternoon of fun, music, and finish with the largest fireworks show worthy of a 250-year-old. Visit Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport on Sunday, July 3rd with gates opening at 2.50 p.m., of course. We'll have food trucks, libation, and something for all ages as we celebrate Berkeley 250. Go to berkeleywv250.com and click on events to get the full lineup of fun. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Thursday May 19th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Brunick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin hanging out with you today. Uh, we'll talk a little Nationals first. They actually got a victory last night. Um, it was it was weird, guys. It was very weird to see them get a win. They won 5-4 to four in extra innings. And uh, Cabert Ruiz had an RBI double in the 10th inning. And here it is. The 2-0 pitch. Swinging a ground ball past the third baseman, Anderson. This one down the line, headed to the corner. Scoring the go-ahead run is Strange Gordon. And on his way to second is Kbert Ruiz with a double. So the Nationals back in front, 5-4. to four. It's a three-hit night for Ruiz, on base five times. And the Nationals back in front in the top of the 10. They were actually on top 2 nothing after uh, the first inning as, uh... well, I guess it was one. Wait, what? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, you... They were on top after the first inning. A wild pitch scored Cesar Hernandez. Um, and then the Nats were actually leading in this ballgame for quite a bit. It was, or excuse me, that was in the second. Or so it was one nothing or 1-1 one, one after the first, 3-1 to one after the second inning. And then the uh, 
The Marlins made it three to two in the third, three to three in the fifth. The Nats got a, a run in the eighth inning, and uh, it was a big run to put them on top there in the eighth inning. Uh, as Lane Thomas was hit by a pitch with the bases loaded, Victor Robles scored, and Cobert Cabert Ruiz moved to third along with Markel Franco. They couldn't do anything else in that inning, though, so it was four to three headed to the ninth inning. Uh, they didn't score an insurance run in the top of the ninth inning. In the bottom of the ninth inning, the weirdest thing I've ever seen happen in a major league game. They, The umpire on third base thought the guy left early on a, slack, on a sack fly to score the tying run. So the run comes in to score uh, what you see on TV. And the next thing you know, you see them throwing the ball from, you see Cabert Ruiz at the catcher throwing the ball to third base. And you see the third base umpire going out and then... Everybody's like, what? What's going on? And uh, I guess he didn't tag up correctly or he left early on the tag. And they went into review and they actually overturned it. So then they tied the game. They went into the 10th inning and that happened in the 10th inning. The Nationals came out with the win and uh, one of a few wins. It was a good night on the mound, though, from uh, Josiah Gray. Six innings, six hits, three runs, three earned, seven strikeouts and gave up one home run. But the Nationals... They're improving a little bit, but uh, they're still a long way from being anywhere close to a contender this season. Well, you know what they say. A blind squirrel can still find a nut every once in a while. <laughs> there you go, Colin. Uh, but uh, it was uh, Tanner Rainey blew the save, and then he got the win. So Blew the save, but still got the win. I don't know how that works, but okay. That's how it works? I know. The Nationals Baseball. still are last in the NL East. Uh, but let's talk about another team that's in an Eastern division. Not really about what they're doing on the field, but it's about their field, Nick. Yeah, just been some uh, interesting discussions, I guess, among the Orioles players, among Yankees. It started with Aaron Judge. Thought he should have had a three, or he would have had a three homer day before the Orioles moved their left field wall back. Uh, and he had said, you know, Corita Park Stadium. Uh, and, I mean, every team could build a stadium and make it however they want. So, uh, obviously, though, the other comments were that he thinks it makes the park not as beautiful as it once was, the new left field wall. And, you know, I think we've talked about it a lot on this show, and I tend to agree with that. I haven't seen it in person, so I wouldn't know for sure uh, my thoughts on it. But just based on the pictures and watching it on TV, it does look a little bit weird. It's a little bit distracting. But I don't really have a problem with the Orioles doing it. And you look at the numbers, the ballpark – uh, gave up the most home runs per an at-bat a season ago, percentage-wise. And this year, that's down to the fifth least. So it's working, and the Orioles haven't gotten any better pitching. So that hasn't well, been the key. In Orioles of, star Trey Mancini, quote, nobody likes it. No hitters like it, myself included, end quote. Yeah, now Mancini has been on the other side. Originally, it just kind of sounded like the Yankees were complaining, but then it uh, came that the Orioles players were saying some some of the same thing, or at least Mancini spoke out and said something. But at the end of the day, I mean, you just, you just got to deal with it. They're not going to change it at this point. And, um, you know, it's working for the pitching, which I think has always been an issue in Camden Yards. The Orioles have had one true ace since they moved to Camden Yards, and that was Messina. And everybody else has been, you know, a solid pitcher. They've had guys with like three ERAs, but they haven't had – you know, superstar pitching since Mike Mussina left the team. And 
a lot of that might have to do with the dimensions of the field. So it's now a more pitcher-friendly ballpark. It's still a hitter-friendly ballpark, I think, overall. But having left field uh, be raised, it helps the pitchers more. And overall, I think that's a good thing. And You've seen it, right, Colin? Uh, I kind of saw it. I sat uh, behind it, so I didn't really look at it directly from a different angle of the bar park to see how I liked it in person or if I didn't like it in person. But as Nick said, so far it's done what uh, Baltimore wanted it to do. And because the way baseball is with no salary cap, they say, oh, get better pitching, Baltimore. Well, Baltimore doesn't have the capability of paying guys $300 million to come pitch in Baltimore. So this is what they need to do to be able to compete and not allow a teams to hit home runs against them because that has always been an issue here the past couple years so i'm all for it if it's going to work and keep games competitive with uh teams like the yankees even though the yankees have been winning the past couple games it's been by one run oh then they win by like three runs on tuesday or something it might have been but the past two have been one run games and they're going on their plane right now yeah all so. right. Uh, well, talk about another New York team, the Mets, a guy and a guy that the uh, fans here for the Nationals know quite well, Max Scherzer, who has been kind of known as the guy that uh, has the cojones to say, uh, you know, after in D.C. three or four, was it, when was it, 2018 or 19, he was bunting in batting practice and he hit his, he hit his eye and his nose and he had a broken nose and a black eye and he went out and pitched that night. Um, he pulled himself out of a game last night, which is something you really don't see from Max Scherzer. He likes to, you know, gut which it out. makes you believe that whatever it was that caused him discomfort or a possible injury could possibly be serious because you never, as you said, see him usually say, hey, I'm done, take me out. And that's exactly what he was saying over to uh, Buck Showalter there in the dugout. Yeah, he uh, thinks it's a spasm right now. Uh, it just doesn't feel real good. He hopes that it will subside, but um, he's due for an MRI today at some point, so uh, something will come out eventually about that. But, the, you know, hope Max Scherzer is good to go. You never like to see a guy get hurt, especially a guy who has that kind of talent like Max Scherzer. Man, the Mets were actually doing well this year because of it. Yeah, they are. Um, before we hit the break here, Nick, what exactly is going on at the in Owings Mills, Maryland, at the Ravens facility today? Well, we don't know, and that's why I put it down as a topic. <laughs> that's what makes it fun, because the Ravens announced that they'll have a press conference today at three thirty. Um, there's a few things that I think it could be. I think number one is they drafted a punter in the NFL draft. Could this be the retirement of Sam Cook, who's been the punter since I believe 2005 or 2004? It's been with the team a very long time, so. That could definitely be one of the things. The other player that's been rumored to potentially retire is cornerback Jimmy Smith. So it could be the announcement of his retirement. And the third thing that comes to mind for me, because typically they tend to do it around this time, would be maybe they're going to announce Terrell Suggs going into the Ring of Honor. It's, last season was 2019, so it, it's possible that that could be uh, on the schedule for this NFL season. So I think those three things make the most sense. It's not going to be Lamar Jackson's contract because that would have been reported by now. Um, 
So I think that's probably one of the three things, but it could also be something like really dumb. But they're getting the coach and the GM out there. So if it's like Why a team president you, or something, then it wouldn't I, be. I have a question here. For a punter, I get your punter. Punters are people too. I get he's a big party organization for so long, but why is the GM coming to talk about his retirement? Because he's been a part of the team for a long time. He's probably going to be a Ring of Honor member. Sam Cook, man. At one point, he had the highest completion percentage in the NFL until they blew it this season. Yeah. <laughs> in NFL history, he never missed a pass. I think he's like four for four. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. That the, the game changer, man. Look up Sam Cook, the game changer on YouTube. You learn all why Sam Cook is so valuable. I'll be sure to do that. I was about to say, Pat McAfee probably looked up to Sam Cook. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah. So that's why you have the retirement press conference. If he had been there like four or five years, no big deal. We don't he's even know if that's forever. it. So. Yeah, we won't even know until I 3.30 think it's a today. Change. A name change. Yeah. Whoa. You guys are going to try to one-up Washington. Hmm. Going to become the Baltimore Blue Crabs. Yeah. That's already a team, Colin. Maryland I mean, Blue Crabs. Yeah. Blue, so. Blue Crabs are already a team, but Baltimore Blue Crabs are not a team. All right. Well, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports I mix. really hope not. Stay tuned to find out. We'll talk about it on the show tomorrow, Nick. We'll see you get your reaction to it. All right. The Blue Crabs are... <laughs> we'll get a reaction to whatever the press conference is about. Okay. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Camp Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap up today's show. Uh, Nick Saban made some interesting comments about the Texas A&M uh, football program. And uh, we'll get an update on the PGA Championship. That's next after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons goal of financing for all. And Parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Looking for some nightlife? Then look no further. Laddie's Bar and Grill has a full bar and kitchen, pool table, and entertainment with great food at affordable prices. You can dine in or carry out by calling us at 304-263-5233. Laddie's is open Monday through Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. We serve breakfast all day long, and our lunch and dinner specials are posted every day on our Facebook page. So stop on in to Laddie's Bar and Grill, located at 107 Lutz Avenue in Martinsburg. Not sure where to go or who to trust with your flooring project? And start with Triff's Flooring, proudly serving the area for more than 25 years. Specializing in floor sanding and refinishing, along with installation of new flooring, including hardwood, tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, and the hottest trend in flooring luxury vinyl, tile, and luxury vinyl plank. Are you on a budget? Check out their warehouse, cash and carry, or call 304-229-7009, or visit them online at trippsfloorsanding.com. 
Hefley Motor Company, just off I-81 at 993 Hedgesville Road, is a family-owned and operated business providing the Eastern Panhandle with the highest quality pre-owned vehicles and customer service since 1997. Hefley is a pre-owned Carfax Advantage dealer. We're proud to be your partner serving the community. You're local, we're local, so why not buy local? Call us at 304-267-7172 or see us at 993 Hedgesville Road. And if you want to sell your car, we buy cars too. Check us out at Hefley.com. Hefley Motor Company, a nice place to do business. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this final segment. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your May 19th, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-26343. Stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Buenick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here. And uh, we've got a lot to unpack here. Um, comments? Shot across the bow were made by uh, one of the, if not the best coach in college football history, Nick Saban. Um, he made comments about the Texas A&M football program. And those comments were basically along the lines of they've bought everybody is what I'm understanding. Is that correct, Nick? Is that what you're understanding? Yeah, he had said uh, pretty much he was mad about um the recruiting class that i have it here it looks like or at least a quote from you saban. go ahead call saban said i mean we were second in recruiting last year a&m was first a&m brought or bought excuse me every player on their team made a deal for name image likeness we didn't want we didn't buy one player all right but i don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it it's tough it is tough. He also said our players last year created $3 million worth of opportunity for themselves by doing it the right way. I have no problem with that, and nobody had a problem with our team with that because the guys who got the money earned it. The issue and the problem with name, image, and likeness is coaches trying to create an advantage for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting comments by Saban. Um you know, still having the number two recruiting class is very good, so I don't know why that really bothers him so much, but it, I think it's more so that an opponent of his has the number one in Texas A&M, and one of the teams that have been consistently pretty competitive with Alabama over the years, uh, not necessarily, you know, winning an SEC championship, but they've been known to knock off the Crimson Tide every once in a while, so maybe that's part of it, but... I think in terms of name, image, image likeness in, in, in recruiting, it obviously shouldn't be a part of recruiting, I don't think. I don't think you should say, hey, we're, if you sign here, you'll get this deal. I think it should be kind of not a part of it because then, pre- pre- then it's essentially becoming professional sports at the college level. If you're saying, hey, you, you come here and you'll get however many millions or however many thousands of dollars in – NIL deals so I think 
that is where it's an issue. And I don't know if Texas a and doing that. They obviously are claiming that they're not. Well, here. And Nick Saban pouting about it. I don't know. We've got Jimbo really Fisher's comments. He actually, I guess, I don't know if he did a press conference because of Yeah, he of had it. a nine-and-a-half-minute press conference right, just well, here's on the issue. about a minute from it. It's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous But when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families. And Texas A&M, because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. Well, there's still about a minute left of that, but that was just part of the statement from uh, Jimbo Fisher, specifically about Nick Saban's comments. October 8th, mark it on your calendar. <laughs> that'll Texas be a good, that'll Alabama. Be an interesting Can't wait. What's well, interesting College to game me, day better be there. I mean, obviously, I, Jimbo Fisher has a job at Texas A&M, so I'm not certain if that's why he's not speaking up against what Nick Saban has done in the past. But, I mean, if he's done some things and he thinks that people know about it, obviously he coached under Saban. So, I mean, tell us what he's done, Jimbo. Yeah. You're willing to say these other things about him. I mean, I tend to agree to an extent. I mean, I don't know Nick Saban, so, like, I don't know what kind of person he is or anything like that. But just based on – you know, past interviews and stuff like that. Like he's definitely a little bit of a complainer when things don't go his way. But I also, you know, I mean, he's a great coach. So, I mean, he kind of has the right to do that in some ways. But what are these other things that Jimbo Fisher's alluding to is what I think is the most interesting thing about all this. He also has talked about Jackson State and Deion Sanders. What about them specifically read about it in the paper jackson state paid a guy a million dollars last year that was really good that was a really good division one player to come to the school and they bragged about it nothing did nobody did anything about it these guys at miami they're going to play basketball for four hundred thousand dollars it's in the newspaper the guy tells you how he's doing it but the ncaa can't enforce the rules because it's not against the law yeah and then Deion sanders i think tweeted back i don't he, even make he a said, million he dollars said, quote he said, quote, you best believe I will address that lie in all caps, Coach Saban. Told tomorrow I was and awakened. I was and awakened by my son, Shadir Sanders, that sent me the article stating that we paid Travis Hunter Jr. a million to play at Jackson State. 
we as people, in all caps, don't have to pay our people, in all caps, to play with our people. Interesting comment there. Uh, but that's us. Uh, we see if this debate and this kind of back and forth continues. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more on the show tomorrow if there's any new things pop up. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.08.